0: Every life has a story, and every story is worth sharing. Your story, my story, and our story speak of victory and defeat, joy and sorrow, resilience and vulnerability. They are not just our story. They are Christ's story in us. They are Kingdom Stories from Down Under. You know when you meet somebody who just really knows the Word of God, really loves the Word of God and is able to share it and simplify it and make it clear out there. Well, uh, these kind of people are very rare, but when you run across somebody like that, uh, when you meet someone like that, well, it's worth connecting with that person and learning a lot from that person. I was privileged in uh, this patch of life that I have here on earth to meet Pastor Jeff Parsons, who really has the love for the Word of God and he's able to transmit it in a very clear and simple way, and I've been privileged to take part in a lot of his teachings, and he's been sharing a lot of these in our church as well. Tonight at Kingdom Stories from the Ananda, we have Pastor Jeff Parsons. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much, Nathaniel.
0: Uh, you know, when when you made it so clear, uh, you know, the teachings of Apostle Paul mm-hmm. and Apostle Peter, both at the Australian School of Ministry mm-hmm. and the seminars yeah. we held at the school. I just realized that you can take difficult concepts and really bring it mm-hmm. to a place where it lands with people and people can actually assimilate and understand. Because these are quite complex. That's right. And, uh, but you have a gift of just making it simple. Yes,
1: yes, I mean, the gift of Jesus was he made very complicated things, very simple to understand. Yeah. And That's the, that's the majesty of the gospel, but it's also The stumbling block of the gospel because the stumbling block of the gospel is not its complexity it's it's its simplicity sure and that's what people stumble over but
0: so when you meditate on the word of god when you study does it make sense immediately do you need to ponder on it do you actually make an effort to clarify it or does it flow it it flows
1: intermittently (laughs) so i can't sit down I mean, it might time-wise to write a message. Yes. If you take all of it, I could say I could write the message maybe in six, eight hours. which seems a lot. Yeah. But I can't do that continuously. So what I do, I, I just start, and I start with a with a with a title. Sure. Right, because without a title, you, you cannot write a message. Okay. And so I always choose the title very carefully. Yes. And as I go, I look what I've written and if I've written something that has nothing to do with the title, then I delete
0: it. You change the title? No, I have done that a couple of times. <laughs> that's what I would have done.
1: When I've changed the title because I wrote so much that wasn't on the title, I yeah.
0: changed the title.
1: But I think that's cheating a little bit. Is it? And so what I do, I just choose the title, I begin to write. Yeah. And soon as the inspiration goes and I begin to struggle sure. immediately, yeah.
0: I just stop. Okay, And I might stop for half an hour, I might yeah.
1: stop for a couple of days, Yeah, I just stop.
0: Okay. So I used to um, either go on a topic, not decide the title, but yeah. look at a topic or a Bible verse or a scripture, yeah. and uh, then I would do the title last. Yeah. So I would do the study, maybe the points, yeah. and then come up with a title that encompasses it all. Yeah. Now, the problem is in our day and age, we are advertising in advance the message or the topic that I yes. will be preaching on in two or three weeks. Yes. And because we're putting this on social media, even though I haven't done the notes yet yeah. or prepared the sermon, I have to give the title. Yes. So now I'm forced to do what you've done. Yes, right. <laughs> I have to give the title, the topic, and then I've got to work it out. That's right. So <laughs>
1: see, the thing I would find difficult, I, I can do it, but I find it more difficult. If someone says, you know, would you like to preach in two Sundays time? And they give me a
0: title. Oh, uh, so a title. But if they give you a topic, is fine not to give you a title.
1: Even a topic. I would. OK. I, I would struggle. Yeah. Because to me, the title is everything. Yeah. The title is
0: everything. It's some. It's, that's, that's, right. that's a kernel that's for right, you. That's right. It's a sum of everything yeah. that, that contains in the sermon. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, How long have you been preaching for? thirty 40 years 40 years yes. that's 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 a, a lifetime for yes. some
1: and you learn of course when yeah. you start it's very So what
0: did you do before you were preaching? I was always in the ceramic industry in the ceramic industry yes. So hang on let's go back let's go back where did it all start for you in England somewhere? Yeah
1: I was born in the latter years of the Second World War
0: Mhm uh, baby boomer or just before baby boomer? Oh, way before that. Way right, before 1942. <laughs> okay. I uh,
1: although I can't remember anything of the Second World War, you know, as, as far as bombing goes, yes. anything like that. What I do remember very clearly was food shortages. Okay. You know, that you... So would, by uh, then,
0: you probably, your first memories of four or yeah, five? Four, so.
1: yeah. Four or five. Because th- And food shortages in England went... Way after the sure. declaration of peace, and even even yeah. seven, eight years after the war, mm-hmm. there were still food shortages in England.
0: Mm-hmm. What what town or what city were you?
1: Stoke-on-Trent, which is a pottery town. Yes, you know, in in England then, of course, England then was the manufacturing capital of the world, virtually, yeah. and every town specialised in, some in, in industry. one industry. So okay. Stoke-on-Trent was ceramics. Sheffield was uh, stainless steel cutlery, Manchester was cotton, and so the only trouble with that of course, once that industry got into trouble, the town, it's the city itself,
0: died. Died, yes. So why is it called ceramics and not China?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the the clay we used, we actually call it kaolin. Okay. And Kaolin was the original place where they found clay in China. In Kaolin, in China.
0: Okay. Right. So you, your clay was brought from China, or no, was it no, local clay? No, no. The clay
1: came from Cornwall mm-hmm. in the south of England. Okay. But the manufacturing was in Stoke because Stoke had the coal. Okay. And so, cool. in those days, it was all bottle kilns and coal fired.
0: Yeah. And you were making both uh, chi- uh, plates and pottery. Yeah, everything. Yeah. 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 And, okay. And, uh, so in the town. So was that a natural trade that most people would follow? Well,
1: I mean, in those days, when I first started in that would be 15, in the, in the early 50s, there was something like 350,000 people in the ceramic industry in Stoke. Whoa. And so virtually, you'd walk down a street and there would be one, two, three factories on every street. Yes. Because we said So both, both small, small yeah. oh, and large. small and big, yes, small yeah, yeah. and
0: big. Okay. And how was family life? Uh, How many siblings? Um,
1: Two older, an older sister and an older brother, who were a lot older than me. I think I was 14, 15 years younger than my brother, Mm -hmm. more than my sister. And that was a problem because there was a massive gap between me and the other children.
0: So were they like really into your life or really separated? Oh, my,
1: the, the big... The big thing that uh, affected my childhood it was two things. First of all, when I was seven, my mother died.
0: Oh, I'm so sorry.
1: And uh, within, I think, eight months of my mother dying, I caught TB.
0: Tuberculosis. Tuberculosis,
1: so I had to go into a, into a hospital. And I was in the hospital about seven months recovering. On your own? Uh, yeah. And but, without mum? Yeah. And uh, we only had one visitor every week.
0: Ouch. And who would that be? Well, one
1: one day my dad came, and the next week my brother and sister came. Mm-hmm. So things were very different there. Harsh,
0: yeah, yeah. And you'd be obviously in a in a place with many kids in the same room or All many people the same room, yeah. And, yeah.
1: and then even that, it it. Carol will tell you, my wife will tell you, one of the one of the cures. I mean uh penicillium had just been invented sure. in the second world so penicillium was part of the cure but yep. the biggest cure was just rest. fresh air and rest yeah, yes. and so in the in the sanitarium where i was even in the middle of winter every went every window was, was open. wide open all the time yeah and you slept and uh, yeah and slept and slept and so even now I, I i i sleep an awful lot
0: and with the window open yeah 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 well, it's refreshing. That's right. Yes. So, uh, what was your uh, was your sick? Yes, you... she
1: had. Well, in those days, she just had a leaking heart valve. Yes. Today, it's just a minor yeah, operation. Would, yeah. Those, you know, there was over, nothing. Back it then. was just a death sentence. Yeah. And the problem was, you know, my father was a miner, all my all my relations were coal miners, and so he was. Going to work at five o'clock in the morning, so yeah. I had to get myself up from school. Didn't have a proper breakfast because you know, yeah, piece of bread and jam. Yeah. Came home, my, okay. my dad had on an, your own, on your own, know, and so over a period of time, I think I just became very worn down, and uh, that's why I got the TB. Hmm.
0: What were you doing um, after school? Uh, playing soccer, football. Oh, you just went. You just lived
1: outside, you know. Yeah. Lived outside, you know. You just went out, and you never came back, until yeah. it was dark, basically. But yeah. those were different days. Of different days.
0: Yeah, yeah. And your teenage years?
1: Um, uh, I think it was like I, I was a very ordinary teenager. You know, I mean, I was involved in it. My father was a a, a lay preacher for fifty years.
0: Oh, okay. So my, so he, you you had a Christian? A heritage. Christian. Yes.
1: My mother wasn't a Christian at all. Yeah. That's what I've been told, anyway. Yeah. My mother was not a Christian at all. In fact, her family were all big drinkers. Okay. And I can remember that. Yeah. And so my father was a lay preacher. Mm-hmm. So even when, after my mother died, I can remember, you know, he would go and preach at some little village church. Yes. And he would take me with him, you know. Oh. And it might have taken us an, an hour and a half to get there because we had to go by bus. Okay. And of course, you'd get there and there'd be an organist. Yes. And one person in the congregation. Oh. And that would be it.
0: Yeah. But he loved he loved he, obviously he loved, the Lord yes and he had a gift for preaching and uh, in in the local town I mean in the Stoke yeah. where you were did you go to church on a regular basis? I went to Sunday school Yeah. and but
1: I think when I came to my teenage years in fact I was a Sunday school teacher at quite an early age oh you know uh, but I I ran away not ran away but I felt you had walked enough to wave. Yeah, I don't know why, but yeah, but even even when I didn't go to church, yes, I, I, I knew there was a God and I mm. believed in Jesus, but didn't really affect my life in any way.
0: Yeah, so at about fifteen, you you went as an apprentice. Yep, I went into well, I, as I a went into,
1: ma- into management and I went to uh, seven years at college. Okay, f- three nights a week. Yes, part time. So, so I worked all day, yeah. and then three nights a week I went to college to yeah. learn to learn ceramics.
0: Okay. And uh, then obviously you were working in the same factory all those seven years. Yes,
1: I, I had about three different factories, but I didn't change jobs. Okay. All that, all that
0: often. Uh, booze, girls, uh, well, fights.
1: I preferred I preferred girls to boys. <laughs> <laughs> I was always a girl's man.
0: No, no, booze in the sense. No, drinking.
1: no, I didn't drink. I didn't, no. I didn't like beer.
0: No, okay. Because no, that, that was common. Obviously, yes. the boys were drinking a lot. Most of
1: my friends used to go into pubs and drinking beer. Yeah. And I would just say, give me a taste. Yeah. And I could say, I don't know. I just didn't like the taste of beer. That yeah. was early on. Later on, I,
0: Develop the I taste. developed a taste.
1: But not in my early years. No.
0: Yeah. So girls, um, when did you marry? Did you find someone?
1: Yes, we. I got married at uh, 20, my first wife. Yeah. Uh, and it did not work out, unfortunately.
0: So uh, she was from town? She was from town. Local girl? Yeah. Did you get married in a church or? No, register office. Okay. Register office. And uh, the early years, no no connection with God? No, or?
1: no connection with God. And then we emigrated to Australia okay. in about 64, I think, or 62. Children? Yeah, we had one girl there and we had another boy over there. Okay. And so, uh, but then she got homesick and we came back and eventually the marriage disintegrated, which was that, that was a very, I was then in my late twenties, early thirties. And that was a very difficult time for me.
0: It would have been. Yeah. And the children, they remained in England?
1: They remained in England, but there's the boy, my son is now in Australia with us. Oh, nice. And, uh,
0: so, uh, what did it mean to you, uh, the marriage breakdown? It,
1: it was just, uh, it was just terrible because um, I didn't. Know. She committed. She was committing adultery, and I didn't know. And when I found out, uh, the shock was just, you know, terrible because of. Everyone knew what she was doing, except yep. except me, mm-hmm. and so it really was a terrible betrayal. Betrayal to me, yes. Terrible betrayal to me. How yeah. did you recover? Just time, I think. Just time. Mm-hmm. You know.
0: And, what were you uh, telling yourself?
1: Um, I don't really know. I mean, the hardest part was, you know, people say, you know, used to say, well, just go out. But you know, if you went out, you know, for a drink in a pub, everybody's everybody's got someone to talk to. Yeah. And you go alone, and there's nothing worse than being alone in a place. Where everybody's got someone to talk to. Yeah. So I never found I didn't go out because going out alone I just felt was was worse, worse than staying in. Yes. Yeah.
0: So you came back to Australia.
1: Came, came back to England
0: from oh, you, Australia. Okay.
1: And that's where I met my wife now, Carol, of forty okay. odd years. Yeah. And she changed my life.
0: Okay so how old were you by then 30 or
1: 30 i thought it was about, about 31 when i 31. first met her
0: beautiful yeah and had she been married before she'd or?
1: been married before and gone through exactly the same
0: oh so she she understood you yeah
1: yeah yeah wow so she didn't trust men and i had to work very hard to to get her trust
0: okay was she a believer Yes, she was a Christian,
1: yes, all the time. And
0: where were you at that stage? I
1: wasn't just a non-believer by that. So that had been... I would have been going to Sunday school when I was probably 14. Yeah. And so 14 to 32, no no relationship with church or Jesus at all.
0: And then you came to Australia, both of you? In the end, we did, after we were married, yes. Was that a a choice you made or... It was...
1: was... I think God was in it because... I was just reading the local paper one night in the house, Yes. and I happened to say to Carol, of course then it was a lot of adverts for jobs yeah. from the ceramic industry, yeah. and I used to know some agents who, who hired people, and I just said to Carol, there's a, there's somebody, they advertising a job in Perth, you mm. know.
0: In, Bristol Clayton's. Car-
1: that's where I used to work. And uh, the Australia af- Fine China? Yeah, or Australian Australia Fine China. In Subway. Yeah, Yeah, and they said, you know. Somebody's coming over, and wherever it was in June or July to do the advertising, yeah. and and Carol said, "Are you interested?" I said, "No, no." I said, well, "What I'll do, I'll ring up though, because the guy that's coming over, I might, I might know him, and yeah. so we could we could go out for you know reminisce." So I rang up, and they gave me the guy's name, and I didn't know him, so I just forgot all about it.
0: Yeah,
1: but then in well, I suppose six weeks later, there was a phone call when I was at work. Yes and the the guy said from the agency you know we've got somebody coming over uh, to be interviewed for this job but he's coming from Ireland mm. and his plane has been delayed by fog and I spoke I have said I've spoken to this man who's come over and said I know you very well
0: yeah
1: and uh, you might be interested in going yeah. he said can you come over now uh-huh. and uh, and uh, uh, so intervie- to be interviewed so I went there, by this time I had my own pottery company, only, oh. only small, but, yeah. so I, I was You're covered in clay, covered yeah. in dust, I went into perfect. the... Yeah, perfect. Yeah, perfect way to make an impression. Of course. And so we, we spoke for, you know, a bit in about an hour and a half, and when it, when it came to the end when this guy had suddenly arrived from Ireland, you know, the, the, the managing director of uh, Bristol Clay said you know well are you interested in, in having this job to you yeah and yeah. I, I just said yes and that was it and we shook hands and we we walked out yeah and so anyway I said to Carol and she said you didn't say that did you <laughs> about I suppose four weeks later we heard nothing so I just yes. said now four weeks later it's a phone call one night the job is yours you've got 12 hours
0: to fly to Australia? To make
1: your mind up. Oh. And say yes. And that was the ch- that changed our, that changed our life, that decision.
0: So you flew back here? Yeah. And you went and worked at the Australian in China? Australian Fight China. Yeah. Okay. And that was in the 70s now? That
1: would be eight, 81.
0: 81. Yeah. How long did you work there?
1: Uh, seven years.
0: Okay. Yeah. You know, I, I actually worked for the Federated Big Tile and Pottery Industrial Union of Australia. Yeah. It was my first job in Perth. Yeah. I was I was doing all the admin work for yeah. them, but obviously by then you weren't there. So yeah. uh, I worked with the union secretary yeah. to, to, to get everybody, yes. everyone from Australian Fine yes. China was a member, yeah. which was beautiful, and yeah. both Bristol yes. Clay Tiles as yes. well, which we owned yes. them.
1: Yes. It was interesting, you know, I mean, uh, I, I, made, I made some enemies there. Of course. <laughs> Because one of the things of, I, I tend to see things, well, you know this yourself and knowing me for many years, I tend to see things in black and white. There's <laughs> no, no shades of grey. no shades, no, of 50 gray. shades no, of gray. No, no 50 shades of grey. No 50 shades of grey. It's either right or it's wrong yeah. and there's nothing
0: in between. Well, when you put it in the fire, yeah. You, yeah. you it either lasts yeah. or it yeah. cracks. You know, so
1: I mean, then, you know, Australian fine china had been going since the 1920s. So yes. it has been going 50... Fifty odd years. Yeah, never made a profit in, in all those fifty odd years. Okay, and what they tended to do was, they bought originally from the twenties. They bought somebody over from Stoke originally, mm-hmm. right? But then every other manager was just local. Sure. And because what happens when you're teaching someone? Yeah. The knowledge in the end di- dissipates. This, this dissipates, you know. Yeah. And and you so when well, I so well. I was the first. guy, I was the really. The last choice, you know, we, yes. we either get this guy over and we make it work, or we, or yeah. we close the doors.
0: So they were making the money out of bricks, yeah. oh yes, and, and titles, tiles, tiles especially. So they were yes. supporting this. Yes. So
1: when I came along, I, I, I made a, a lot of profit for the company. Within four years, we made, we were making over a million dollars a year profit. Wow! So uh, you turned it around. I turned it around. But however, I had to say to them, you know, you, you, you do it my way. Yeah. No, oh we've always done it this way I said no that way is wrong you do it my way Yeah. and unfortunately you can make a
0: lot of enemies, enemies
1: especially in higher management yeah. who've, who've been in charge of the company for many years and made no money Yeah. and all of a sudden they start making money and people can get a little bit jealous Yeah. yeah. but I enjoyed every minute of
0: it every okay. minute so how, what did you do after after Australian Fire China I went,
1: I went through a very hard time because my my knowledge was so was so limited, you know, my, all my knowledge, all my work. Yeah, it was life, all channeled in that. And of course, there was no
0: no the pottery no, unless no you open your own. No, that's right.
1: No, and I did. I even thought of doing that, but I, I, I didn't do it in the end. So I went through a very difficult time, but in, in the end, I I used I became a courier, just okay. driving a van, and at least that put money on the table.
0: Yeah. And, uh, got you going got me going again yeah yeah when when did christ come back on the radar for you oh that
1: was in england right yes. okay. before but, you came here yeah okay. would be when i met carol when i i i asked carol to marry me and she said i will marry you as long as you go to church right okay that was the
0: that was the condition that
1: was the condition which which wasn't a very sensible condition because i could have said yes yeah. and then not going
0: or well, at least go but not become a That's Christian. Right. But I
1: went and I started going to church and I got involved in little meetings and I was having a not counseling sessions but teaching sessions with the assistant curate or the curate of the church. Mm-hmm. And just we were in there one day, you know, just talking about things, and he just said to me, you know, it says in the Bible, Jeff, gentle Jesus. No, the Lamb of God. Yeah. What does that mean to you, the Lamb of God? And I just said, Oh well, you know, he's meek and mild and you know, he wouldn't say boo to a fly. And he said, No, he said, it means he died for your sin. He sacrificed himself for your sin. And the moment he said that, yes. it was as if my mind was like a Rubik cube mm-hmm. and it went
0: clicked into place.
1: You know. And I gave my life instantly to That's Christ. Beautiful. And I always remember I had a uh, the, the, the actual vicar when he didn't believe that I'd given my life to Christ. The curie must have told him, you know, Jeff Parsons has given his life to
0: Christ. And this is a Methodist church? Uh, or? No, Church of England. Church of England. Very,
1: you know, very different, you know. Yeah. I found it very difficult because they, they used to... Everything was based on the the prayer book, you know, and it would jump from page twenty to page two hundred. So all cattle did all through the service was was keep finding me the right page. So I found it very hard. But anyway, the curate, the pastor came up or the the vicar came up that night and said, "I believe, Jeff, you've given your life to Christ." I said, "Yes, I have." He said, "He said, do you believe Jesus died for you?" And to this day. this is going back you know 40 odd years i can remember my answer i said to him i said colin no jesus didn't give his life to me he gave his life to me and to me and no one else in other words jesus didn't die for anyone he just died for me for me so it was very personal very very personal Mm. very personal and that changed my life yeah
0: changed my life so do they baptize in the church yeah Yep. Immersion or sprinkle? I
1: can't, no, I must have been a sprinkle. I think yeah. <laughs> I, I can't actually remember.
0: Have you had an immersion eventually?
1: Um, I don't think so. I don't think I might have done, but I, I can't remember. But I don't. Come on, don't I've have, got a pool. Yeah, we can I sort I that out. Yeah, I must have done. Yeah, but I can't. But it really did <laughs> change. But uh, you know, and then he, I actually began. That, that's where my preaching began because he. You said one, one, one Sunday we're going to an old people's home. Yes. Uh, you know, to do a little bit of a service, and I would like you to, sure. to just give a word. So that was the very, very first time I took that step of faith. Nice. Yeah.
0: So back in Australia then? Yeah. Uh, did you, as you came back here, and yeah. started working? Yeah. Did you go into any church? Yeah, or? we
1: went, We started going into Churchlands, which is, of course was a,
0: a very big church in those days. No. So that's where you started when you first came yeah, here. Churchlands. Uh, well, no, we,
1: we we actually started off in the Uniting Church of in course. Scarborough. Okay. But then, of course, Churchlands was nothing. Yeah. Well, Churchlands was just growing
0: out of and, Uniting and, and, Church and, yeah, as well. Yeah, and growing
1: very quickly, and every a lot of the young ones were disappearing and going to this church so in the end we decided to follow okay and that was you know and we went there for many years and all of a sudden you know the you know pastor john mcelroy just called me in the office to one day and said you know this is when i was still a courier would you like to come on the staff
0: yeah
1: and so i said completely out of the blue i had no desire whatsoever yes I decided to say yes, but um, it was... It this was, was
0: before my era, right? Oh, yes. Long before. Div- yeah. And how, how long were you there? Were you full-time or part-time? Uh, full-time, yeah. Full-time.
1: full-time. I must have been there, what, five or six years. Okay. Uh, but I found it... In the, t- the 90s? Yes, I found it difficult. I okay. found it difficult.
0: Difficult in the sense of the speed of the church, well, the supernatural, <laughs> the uncertainty, or...
1: It's just that I had... I had no idea what a church should be, you know, and I I had this idea, I suppose, that everybody in the church was like me. Sure. Yeah, everybody. So every Christian was like me.
0: Just loving the Lord, loving people, Um, and there's no issues.
1: On the staff there, because it was a big staff, I I discovered that that wasn't true. Yeah. That wasn't true. And it it was a big shock to me to find out that.
0: Yeah. But, then there was but you ten, lasted five, six years. There was
1: tensions, and you know, people yeah. would talk about you behind your back to a certain extent. But that's just normal, I aren't?
0: Well, not. it was probably more like a business yes, that's uh, place. Right. That's right. Like it yeah. wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think some churches do end up like yeah. that because yeah. of the admin scenario yeah. and everything that yes. goes on. It it's more it's more about the. Organization yeah. and everything rather than the
1: and it was run like a business, and yeah. I'm not criticizing, yeah. that because as the church gets bigger and bigger, sure. it, it's I suppose that's that's an eventuality that's almost certainly to happen, I
0: think. yeah. Well, eventually, you know, I worked at Churchlands as yeah. well for three years as the executive pastor, and you were doing uh, you were doing voluntary yeah, uh, yeah. work with Carol yeah. as well yeah. during that time, so. And we had challenges as well, you know, a lot of complexities. And uh, I mean, you were part of those meetings as well, so you know. But, um, yeah, uh, you've come a long way. Did you have any children with Carol? No. No. Okay. No. But, of right. course,
1: out of, out of church lands, eventually we planted our own vineyard church for 12 years.
0: Okay, so ah, so you, you partnered with uh, John Mack to plant a... No, no. It was a different... John Mack then left.
1: The, what course, he left John, vineyard. John McElroy left the vineyard. Oh. And, this uh, is in the mid-90s? Is. So but uh, and, he, and he said, you know, are you going to come with us? And I said, no, I'm staying vineyard.
0: Okay, so you planted a vineyard church, church. in Scarborough? No,
1: in... In the northern suburbs originally. The okay. First of it was in our house
0: originally. Yeah, yeah.
1: in our house.
0: Okay. And so, so, this is a Wimber? Yeah, Wimber thing. Yeah. Okay, so Churchlands was with Wimber for yeah. a while, and Absolutely. then and then they segued. They went their own way. Okay. Okay. What year was that? Late nineties. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: And that we you know, we grew, and I suppose we started with maybe 12 people and we grew I think to over 100 at one stage yeah but we could never but the problem with problem was we were both working full-time yeah and we were both doing the church and that was
0: difficult of course it would have been so the church didn't have enough finances to no we
1: just we could it's it's when you get every church is the same even today you get to that point, I think it's about 120 to 150, where you either break through that...
0: Yeah, or, or you just go backwards. And we can never quite... Get over the hump. No,
1: no we, we used to have a good youth. But yeah. The problem was we couldn't employ... We didn't have the money to employ our youth, youth pastor. Pastor.
0: yeah.
1: So eventually, the youth tended to wander off. But it was a wonderful,
0: yeah.
1: ex- wonderful experience. And it was during that time... When we had our own church, that we started going
0: to Africa, which mm-hmm. changed my life basically. What took you to Africa the first time? Well,
1: one of the one of the members of the church was an African student at university. Yeah, and he was a very nice guy. And uh, one day after the, during, after the service, he said, "Can I speak to you, Pastor?" Yeah. So we invited him. We invited him back for lunch. Yes, and he started saying, "His church in Kenya, they were having a a conference." Mm-hmm. Uh, and they wanted to, you know, they want to know if you would, come, if you would speak at the conference. Yeah. And, uh, and I said, oh, that'd be interesting, you know. And then I said, well, when's the conference? Yeah. He said, in two weeks time.
0: <laughs>
1: so I had two weeks. Better make, than
0: 12 hours. Uh, yeah.
1: Two weeks to make my mind up. So two, and fly there. So two weeks later, I was on the plane.
0: To going to Africa, having
1: no idea whatsoever.
0: On your honour with Carol? No, with
1: Carol, you know, yeah. she always went, well, she only, I think one time she didn't go with me. Mm-hmm. But we had no idea what we were letting ourselves into and it changed my life. Even over my preaching, it changed yeah. my life. Yeah. Because the first time, the first night, this village, this church was right on the edge of the Rift Valley,
0: yes. no
1: electricity,
0: yeah.
1: you know, and they had a, a generator. And so inside the church, they had just one little light. Yeah, as people walked in, and and as it as it got, you couldn't read your notes. No, I can't be notes. <laughs> so you now, so the, the, I like the he had this big build-up, this mighty man of God from Australia <laughs> is going to, you know. And I, look, I looked at my notes; I couldn't read one word of my notes. And all of a sudden, beautiful.
0: Yeah, I, you had, I, to this I had to speak in this beautiful. Had to speak this
1: and I found it very, very hard, but I got through it. There was it. breakthrough. Yeah. But it was a breakthrough.
0: And know. obviously those services go on for hours, hours and hours and
1: hours. But I think God put me in that situation and said, you know, yeah. you you, know, you you're not you can't be Deep chained. End, you had you can't same. you can't
0: be chained to
1: yeah. the pulpit. Yeah. You know, I, I still use notes, now Of course. But I'm not afraid to I well, I, I preach completely differently in Africa. Yes. Over the time that I do here, I'm I'm a real dynamite when I speak in Africa. I run around the church and Grab people by the throat and all sorts of things.
0: I need. I need to have you do that in yeah, our yeah, church yeah, once. Yeah. I'll give you the freedom to. I do
1: that. did it. I did it in, in the church I go to now just once.
0: Yeah. And uh, an African uh, sermon, no notes. No.
1: no, it was only just a short. I just left my notes aside. <laughs> and just said I'm going to preach now for a couple of minutes. As I preach in Africa. Yeah. And they were quite shocked. Yeah. But see, in Africa. A sermon isn't a sermon. It's, no, got, it's, it's, a it's, got, it's got to be entertainment. Yeah, it's, it's got to be a story. Be story. You know, it's got, it's yeah. got to grab them.
0: Otherwise, they're going to fall asleep. That's through. right. You know. yeah, they're and tired. They've, they've been worshipping for two yeah, hours, three wow. hours. And now they're sitting yeah. down. You can't. Yeah. And, you know, a,
1: the, and a lot of them you know, would walk for two or three hours yeah. even to get to church. Yeah. So going to church was a big event. Big event. event. Yeah. Big event. Yeah. It really was. Yeah. And they expected something in return. Yeah, proper food. Yeah.
0: Both, yeah, four, both four, spiritual yeah, and, and, and right. physical, and physical food, yes. yeah. Afterwards, yeah, nice. So, and you went to Africa many times after that, almost on a yearly 12, basis. Twelve,
1: thirteen, fourteen times.
0: Different places. Twelve times. Yeah, yeah. Different places.
1: Yes, yes. Different places. We started yeah. off in Kenya. Yeah. Uh, for the first few years, then we went to Tanzania, Uganda, um, even more countries. You know, yeah. about six different countries. Yeah. But, and then my preaching improved. as You got used to preaching, sure. preaching African, you got yeah. used
0: to that. And obviously your ministry was enriched and your life was enriched yeah, with the relationships you yeah. were building, the leaders you were yeah. meeting, the yes. families you were yes. staying with. Yes. Wasn't always hotels, was it? No, at I times? I w-
1: we once stopped in a brothel, oh. me and Carol.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, the things you had to do. <laughs> When you're in a ministry, when you suffer for Jesus, yeah.
1: <laughs> and I used to come home and inspect myself, and you used to we used to take tablets to kill any possible things you'd invent and Yeah, sometimes, sometimes I would shower after I came back from Africa and I would find you know leeches on the side of yeah. my leg, and oh, dear, it was yeah. it was not easy. No. But what why it changed my life was see, I, I met the power of Christ in, in, in Australia, yes. But I met the power of Satan in Africa, Uh and that was the change, to realize that Mm. the power of Satan, the power of darkness was real.
0: And strong and powerful and and destroying lives. And
1: you you had to stand against
0: it. And And it was was life and death. That's right. Some of the things that happened to me were just, oh dear. But something that stands with you?
1: One day when we were preaching, we we crossed over the Zambezi River, and we were preaching on the border of the country where witchcraft was very strong very yeah. strong and so we, we got to this this place where we were staying and i was be, i was going to preach the next night yes. and all through the night the drums were were beating all through the night yeah and so we said to the african guy the next morning you know what are all these drums what are all yes. these drums for they said they know you are here the witch doctors ah. know you are here. They know you're going to preach yeah. tonight. And they are summoning
0: the demons, the demons to come you.
1: against you. And so we, we went. And when it went dark, no lights whatsoever. No lights whatsoever. All I could see were these white teeth everywhere. Yeah. So I had no idea whether there was 20 there or 20,000. Yes. But I preached and everything went well. Until the moment I said, you know, if you want to give your life to Christ come forward now yeah and that moment all the all the equipment behind us burst into flames
0: mm. yeah
1: big explosion all burst into flames
0: yeah did they recognize that this was spiritual i did <laughs> <laughs> yes they did yes yeah because they they'd be very in tune with yeah. the spiritual world yes, with yes. the dark forces because yes. they coexisted with them for yeah. so long yes so for them, a, a touch of the spirit is so real, that's, that's why right. they manifest yep. in a higher degree because yeah. they know the darkness yes. that they're saved from. Right. A lot of people in the West yeah. don't realize where they saved no. they're saved from. They, they learn what they saved onto, yes. but they don't realize the depth no. and the ugliness of yes. the dark world. But the point is, like you've just said, you cannot
1: realize what you're saved into until you realize what you're saved out of. Sure. And that's well, what that's what Christians in Australia mm-hmm. don't really grasp. They know what they're saved into, but they don't really know what they're saved out of. Yeah. And once you know that, yeah, the second part becomes, yeah, true. better, true. Real. No, yeah. true, more real. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very, you know, and we've we've had things where one night, one afternoon. Because we used to speak in the morning, then I'd have a I'd have a break and then speak in the afternoon. Yeah. And during the break, you know, these Africans came into my room and said, "We've just had a call from a village about fifteen miles away. They want you to come out and and exercise some demonic power." So we went out there, and because they were just talking in Swahili. Yes. And and I said, "Well, what's going on? Oh, inside this hut, there's a demonic." Well, they said a demonic tortoise right a demonic tortoise and, uh, and nobody would touch it all right yeah. and so i went i said i'll go in and get it then and so i went, I went in and i couldn't i couldn't find a toy anywhere but what they was was a dead rat
0: yeah
1: but it wasn't you know when a rat when a rat dies it turns falls over yeah. but this rat was dead but it was standing on its four Lakes. legs and this was the demonic. It was just a mistranslation. Yeah. And so I, I bought it out and, and I said, well, what's the problem? You know, oh, this, this tortoise, it speaks to us every night. Yeah. It speaks to us and tells us, you know, we're going to die and we are horrible. I said, well, why don't, why don't you throw it away? Oh, pastor, we've done that. We've taken it away and thrown it away. Next night, it came back, it came back into the, in, into the hut again. And so I said, God, there's only one way. So we, I, I put the demonic tortoise back in the hut. And They had all sorts of things there uh, to call witchcraft, sure. And I, I we set fire to the hut, yeah, and burnt
0: it, yeah. But
1: just things like that, yeah,
0: that, you know. <laughs> you can't forget those,
1: no, things. no, the other, you know, yeah. And it, it's the guy that the young guy that asked us to go, Carol Van I will remember this. He might maybe 2021. 20, he had, He had asked these demonic beings to come yes. and they used the hut this animal was in they they used to build a hut in the village yeah. one hut and that was for the demons to live in, ah. right? nobody lived there that was yeah. the, the, for the demons to live in there wow and he you know he said to me you know he says i call these demons in and now they're attacking me uh-huh. and i said well how are they attacking you he says every night they come and torture me they come and torture me yeah. I said how? he says they they, they put splints inside my Fingernails. Yes. And, and, and uh, I said, Show me your hands. He showed me his hands, and every finger was like that, just yeah. swollen, swollen up with pus, where these demons had been torturing <laughs> him. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, it, it becomes so real that yeah. it's just incredible.
0: Mm. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing story. It's almost yeah. unbelievable it is, for some you know, people. Yeah. You know? And you can't
1: tell people, because if you no. tell people in Australia that, <laughs> 95% of Christians will say, oh, he's just, yeah. he's just making it up, no.
0: Because no. they haven't been in the trenches. Oh, they haven't been here. Yeah. That's why I say to people, yeah. every, every Christian should go into cross-cultural yeah. missions yes. at least once in their lifetime, yeah. because their perspective will change yeah. and they will support missions. Yeah. They will pray for missions yeah. and they will change their life, yeah. you know, it will change their life. It will be a radical right. change. No, just before we wrap things up, Pastor Jeff, um, what's the legacy you're building? What What would you like people to remember you by?
1: Well, there's no doubt about it that we've left a legacy in Africa yeah. that can never, ever be eliminated. My Because out. even now, we still get emails and people ringing us up. Yeah. And so we, we made an incredible impression there through the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And... So that, I think that is my, I mean, I could spend, you know, six months of the year there. Yes. You know, and every year we went, of course, we, we had to pay for ourselves. Of course. And we, we worked it out oh, a few years ago that over that 13, 14 years, it had cost us about $120,000.
0: Yeah, and that's what I admire about people like yourself yeah, yeah. and Carol, because yeah. you didn't just invest your life, yeah. your energy, yeah. you also invested yeah. your money. right. right.
1: Because many times well every time we had to pay our own fares. Of course. You know, and and
0: a lot of the times accommodation That's and right. a lot of well, times. But, but pay for on, others as well. On
1: more than one occasion, you know, you'd get there and you'd say, Well, Pastor, we haven't got enough money for the conference Phew. you know well, for the conference for, or uh, so, food. Yeah, food and that because you have to provide food yeah. for everybody. So you, we'd end up giving them another six hundred dollars for do that. Yeah. And um, so but uh, we we love the African sure. people. Absolutely love the African. Sure. Of course, and we had a, we had an African church here. Yeah, you know, for, for two years, mm. and that was interesting. Mm. You know, because you you can take one thing we learned there. You can take the person out of Africa, but you can't take Africa, Africa out of the country.
0: person. That's right. <laughs> yeah. No, and the fact that you've been there, you understand them, you get them. Uh, yes, yeah. and
1: in, and just like little things that. Sometimes you think here that you know you've been ministering for so long,
0: yeah,
1: and you think, well, what?
0: What? For? What, what
1: are the results? You know, yeah. You know, and you think, but then all of a sudden, you know, God just does something, you know, where we've we've gone out. Uh, I remember at Churchlands uh, we used to have what you call lads and dads, which, yes, which I started. Well, camp. You take, we take the lads. So I used to take. Adam, who was a, a, a son of a single mum, mm-hmm. and I took him on this lads and dads camp every year for about three or four years. Yeah. Just forgotten all about him. One day, um, maybe a year, two years ago, we we're sitting in a restaurant, this sports car drives up and out of the sports car gets this superman, you know, Tarzan, yeah. and he had a very attractive young lady draped sure. on his arm. I must admit, I confess now, I did look at this young lady,
0: possibly <laughs> we slightly tell. more than I should have done. We won't tell Carol.
1: No, we won't tell Carol. And I and the guy, the young guy looked at me and I thought to myself, oh, I could be in trouble here. Uh. Anyway, we were, we were outside and he went inside and I looked at him inside and he was still looking at me. And yeah. Like, oh. And all of a sudden he gets up. Right.
0: Comes your and way. Walks
1: out. And comes right by me at this table. He says, you are Pastor Jeff, aren't you? I said, yes. He said, you don't recognize me. He said, I'm Adam. And he said, he just want you to know you changed my life. Yeah. You changed my life. Hmm. The time when I needed a father figure, he says, you became that father figure. You changed my life. And he when things like that happen, you realize you do things and they have an effect. You might not always know.
0: Changing one gen- life, but okay. changing one life matters. Yeah. He said, you changed my life. Thank you. It's interesting because obviously you're a man who who had suffered, Yeah. you know, growing up without a mom, yeah, yeah. then, you know, growing up, uh, going through divorce as well. Yeah. And you were still able to give that father help yeah. and yeah. blessing to yeah. other people yeah. who were not your children, Yeah. but they were your spiritual yeah. children.
1: He, he learned how to live as a man. I remember the first time I took him into this we were camping and i was cooking the meal the first night we we're cooking hot dogs and I unfortunately as i gave him his the sausage fell out of the bowl out of the bun and fell onto the ground so yeah. i picked it up and
0: wiped Two it seconds. i said
1: i'm not eating that i said well you either eat that or you go
0: hungry you go hungry
1: <laughs> so, but he learned how to live as a man and every time sure. i took him home after a week all his clothes were filthy and yeah. wet, and you know his mother had died of heart attack. But he enjoyed every minute of it.
0: Yeah, he had to break right. break into manhood. That, that's right. It was yeah. his bar mitzvah. That's right. Passage you to know, manhood. So it's,
1: that's and that's happened more than once to us. Beautiful. Just someone recognizes you and said, "You had an effect on my life."
0: You know what I love about this? Even though you've preached to the masses, mm. you see the importance of changing one yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. Changing one life, and I think uh, the more mature you become in ministry, the more you realize the power of one. Yeah, Yeah. we all love the power of many, yeah, but it's in that power of one that life is transformed.
1: Well, if you're going to change Australia, you change it one person At at a time, yeah, one person at a time.
0: Well, thank you so much, my pleasure. Um, well, friends, what an amazing, what an amazing testimony, what a beautiful story of just resilience and perseverance and uh, Even now he sees more and more how important it is to change one life at a time I'm sure you've got many people in your life that are waiting uh, To be transformed. They are waiting for a change. They are waiting waiting for you to invest in them to be a spiritual mother or a spiritual father to them You know we'd all love to change the masses But changing one life is just as important So I pray that this encourages you to look at somebody who is ready and help them and set them on the right path. Maybe take them out for a camp or something, you know, help them through the passage to manhood, whatever it is, Uh, look for one person that you can change. And by changing one person, you can change this world. Amen. So thank you so much, Pastor Jeff. Thank you so much for joining us. If you love this content, please uh, share it, um, tell others about it as well. Rate it, subscribe to the channel where you're watching this, or you're listening to this. And uh, write a review as well for us so we can know that this is having a wonderful wonderful, um, challenge on you and also it encourages you to walk your walk of faith. We can't wait to see you next time at Kingdom Stories from Down Under. I am Nathaniel Costia. Thank you for joining us on Kingdom Stories from Down Under. We'd love it if you would subscribe, rate and share these stories with your wider community. And remember, every story is worth sharing, including yours.